Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started this week, folks, I do want to share some sad news in the pro wrestling community here. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, you know, one half of the Midnight Express and also a member of the Dangerous Alliance. Unfortunately, he's gone up to that great ring in the sky. Yes, he has passed away, folks, and just really a tough day here. Beautiful Bobby was such a fantastic wrestler, especially in tag team wrestling. Primarily, he worked in the Southern Territories, you know, like Jim Crockett Promotions in the NWA, WCW. But just overall, you you won't hear anyone say a negative thing about beautiful Bobby Eaton because he was a classy, classy human being, a fantastic wrestler, and certainly someone that we will miss. So once again, uh, rest in heaven, beautiful Bobby Eaton. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told billionaire Tony Khan to shove it up his ear. And victory today is mine. That's right, Jack. Victory is mine. Okay? Tony Khan, billionaire Tony, ATM Tony, he and his his brain trust minions... They tried to come after Duke Loves Wrestling. They filed a frivolous report with Facebook. Okay? Tried to take ownership of one of my videos. They tried to take me out. They tried to take me out, folks. And I told you last week, I will draw up a release. Billionaire Tony, you know, you, you can sign it so everything is legal. And then you can come down here to Boston and we can engage. And you can knuckle up. Hand-to-hand combat. Or you can come on the show and we can verbally settle this. But once and for all, I have some discipline that can be handed out to you because clearly you're out of your mind. I said it last week. Okay. I said it last week. I meant it. I still mean it. I told Facebook to let that fool know that he will never have ownership of anything that I do. That it was a frivolous, frivolous filing that that he and his minions over there made and sure enough when facebook sent it to aew they had to concede that yes they had no right to file what they filed against duke loves wrestling so you know facebook released ownership of all the videos there so back with it try to take me out man but see this is what happens when you stand up to a bully Because make no mistake about it, I don't care how many billions of dollars that you have, okay? You might be able to take, you might be able to beat me up, take me out, take what's mine. But I'm not going to go out without a fight, okay? You come after me, I might take a nose, 
I might take an ear. I might bite your finger off. I might take your kneecaps out. I'm taking a piece of you as I go down. Okay. I'm not going out without a fight. And I think once and for all, I've proven to these punks, you can't just step to the Duke and think that you're going to be able to, I'm going to roll over and, and just accept it. It ain't going to happen. So again, billionaire Tony Khan and, and, and his brain trust over there at AEW, they tried to take down Duke Loves Wrestling and they lost. Of course they lost and they'll keep losing. In the meantime, when it comes to black male singles wrestlers, when it comes to the women, you can bet, just like I've been doing from day one, I'm going to keep bringing this up. I'm going to keep calling them out until they actually provide some equitable diversity. This is never going to stop. And you can file all the frivolous stuff that you want. You could try to get my page taken down the whole nine yards, billionaire Tony. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to stay on you because you are going to make good on those promises that you made as it relates to diversity and inclusion. And let me tell all you folks out there something. Because there's some of you out there who, I don't know what's going on. It's like you want to take shots for master and, and, and you know, I, there's no need for that. Stay in the house. Okay. I deal with the plantation owner. You stay in the house. This, you, you're not built for this. You're going to sit there and, and, and try to take shots, take hits for Tony Khan when he's not doing the right thing. Uh-uh. I'm talking to your master here. Yeah, you stay where you are, okay? Just put it out there like that. Shout out to my man, Al Kanawa, who is a great dude. You know, he's with Forbes magazine. He had a fantastic interview with uh, Foundation Radio, which I encourage everybody to, to definitely check out because it's a conversation worth having right? Discussing everything under the sun, but especially the lack of diversity, equitable diversity in AEW. And, you know, Al did a great job. And then Al put out a, a fantastic video in which he went over the whole Adam Cole situation. And, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially if Adam Cole goes to AEW, AEW is going to continue to get whiter, which is true. All right. So I encourage everybody to check out Al Kanawa. Because he has some great content and he is, you know, he, he's, he's leading the charge on his side of the block there as it relates to this diversity and inclusion stuff. He's called out the WWE for years. He's also patted him on the back for doing the right thing. And now Al is, is, is fixed on AEW and asking them, hey, when are you going to start doing the right thing? And, and I'm with them. In fact, we're going to have Al on the show next week. And you bet your bottom dollar, this is going to be Tony Khan's biggest nightmare. Because not one, but two, two powerful black voices going over receipts, okay, checking AEW's temperature. And let me tell you something, it ain't looking too good for them. So stay tuned for that next week. It's going to be a fun conversation. I can't wait for you all to hear it. That's for sure. You know, this, this week in wrestling has been... Really interesting. Um, Alistair Black, speaking of AEW, speaking of white guys in AEW, he had a match with Cody Rhodes. And, you know, Alistair, he looked a little winded, which is okay, you know, getting the ring rust off. He was doing all of his kicks and his little stuff there, and that was interesting. Um, to Cody's credit, he put Alistair way over. 
it's interesting. I've, I've never seen Cody Rhodes put a black wrestler over, but he's certainly, at least not in AEW, but he certainly, you know, has a habit of putting these white guys over. But he put Aleister Black over very strong, and Aleister defeated him, Cody, cleanly, by the way, which was interesting. So Cody starts taking his boots off, and, you know, he's going to retire. He's doing a speech as if he's, he's calling it quits, right? Alistair hits him with the chair, and that's how they ended Dynamite. So we'll see what happens there. Um, is Cody going to retire? That would be wonderful. I, you know, Cody Rhodes, I hope you, you, you stop wrestling because you're an executive. So maybe if you stop trying to wrestle, maybe if you stop trying to wrestle, you can get back to focusing on what matters most, which is helping other wrestlers become stars, right? Which is featuring more women's talent and women's content on AEW Dynamite, which is black male singles wrestlers actually treating them the same way you treat their white male peers, right? So yeah, Cody, please hang up the boots, brother. Get out of the ring, stay in the back, and let's see some real executive moves being made here. Huh. I won't hold my breath, though. Breaking news out of the WWE, Ric Flair requested his release and it was granted. So Ric Flair is no longer under WWE contract. Okay, Rick is in his early 70s. It's not like he's wrestling anymore. But um, he wasn't satisfied with staying on the sidelines and not being utilized more by WWE. And I understand that. I, I don't I don't fault Rick for that at all. Rick is trying to make all the money in the, in, the, in the world that he can make right now. And if it's out there, he should be allowed to go make it. So I totally support that. And to WWE's credit, they were kind enough to release him. Because I think he signed a new deal last year. So kudos to WWE for allowing a legend to go about his business. That's great. And listen, Rick, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I would love for you to go to... AEW and get some of that that Shad Khan money you know there's still a little bit of that 100 million left maybe you can pull two three four million out of that why not you're Ric Flair you know let's spend all of Shad Khan's money so billionaire Tony can can keep dipping into his inheritance all right that's the goal here so please sign Ric Flair sign him to a lucrative contract you know give him a t-shirt deal have him manage somebody for a little while, and, you know, that would be great. AEW is where all the old-timers go to get a good payday. I love it. Let's keep that going, you know? But the WWE keeps rolling around. You know, there's, there's speculation, too, of, um, and I brought it up earlier, Adam Cole, his contract is up in the WWE. And people are trying to figure out what is he going to do next, and I'll tell you right now. <laughs> If it were up to me, let him go. Adam Cole is a talented young man, but he is not a box office draw. He's just not. When I have a Roman Reigns, when I have a Bobby Lashley, when I have a Drew McIntyre, when I have a Kofi Kingston, when I have a Big E, when I have a Charlotte Flair, a Sasha Banks, a Bianca Belair, an Oscar, a Bailey, I mean, where is Adam Cole? Huh? I can keep going. <laughs> right? The stuff that Baron Corbin is doing right now is fantastic. Right? Almost 
is is just Omas, excuse me, is is just, you know, he's coming up. Some of the stuff he's doing is just perfect. Where's Adam Cole in that? Right? Who who is who's going to give up TV time for Adam Cole? Who? Big E? Kofi Kingston? Who? AJ Styles? Like, where is Shinsuke Nakamura? Where is Adam Cole going to find TV time where you're going to take somebody else off TV in favor of him? He's not even in their league. Not even close. I, listen, Adam Cole is not even as good as Ricochet. And you all know how I feel about Ricochet. I think he's a bum. Adam Cole is not even that good. So where is he going to be? Let him go. Right? He couldn't draw you anything anyway compared to some of these other big stars. You got John Cena, Goldberg. These guys are back for now. There's still Brock Lesnar that's out there. Come on. Becky Lynch hasn't even stepped foot in the ring again yet, but we all assume that she will. There's no there's no room for Adam Cole. See you later, pal. See you later. We don't need you. But I hope you go get some of that Tony Khan money because, hey, look, we know that, you know, rich white male wrestlers i mean that's tony khan's uh fetish there it seems so hey maybe you can get some of that that billionaire tony money right who knows certainly bray wyatt being released by the wwe which is another thing that happened and it was interesting when that happened because vince mcmahon said hey you know maybe we'll give maybe we'll, we'll give AEW some more of our talent if they want to invest in something and i'm paraphrasing that's what he said on the q2 investor call and then, boom, Bray Wyatt gets released. Is Bray Wyatt going to go to AEW and get some of that billionaire Tony money? <laughs> that would be interesting. I wouldn't be upset with that either because that seems to be the, the way to go these days. Right? We'll have to wait and see. But it's, it's really fun to watch WWE. They're up 19% on the quarter. To watch them continue to make money. They continue to feature people of color at the top of their card. And they're experiencing tremendous success while doing that. I mean, here's a company that as they get more diverse, the people who have owned the industry for so long, you know, white men, there are less slots for them because you got to make room for everybody else. So they're going to the to, to AEW to go sink that ship. And I'm all for it. Go ahead. And you know something? When I look at AEW and I see people like Sonny Kiss who wait until you see what happens to him on the next episode of, of AEW Dark. He gets they, they did a pile driver to him on the outside, took him out, just completely burying this guy, right? Lee Johnson, who can't seem to get a win, <laughs> you know? This guy is, is just a perennial loser for the most part. He only has a few wins. I think he has like 13, 14 wins in his entire AEW career. It's like maybe some of these guys should be released by AEW and they can come to WWE where they'd actually be treated like stars and win matches and have opportunity because they certainly don't have it where they're at. But I digress, right? You wait until next week. You're, you're going to hear a conversation with me and Al Kunawa from from Forbes magazine that is just going to blow you away. It's going to upset all the humanoids, right? Billionaire Tony 
you know, who knows? I don't know if he's going to drink more coffee or drink more alcohol or what's what's that stuff that the, the degenerates down in Florida do? What's that stuff they call it? Cranium? Going to do more cranium maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he does. I'm just saying these are some of the things that possibly could cause a person like him to act the way that he's acting. So who knows, you know, but when he hears what happens next week, oh, yeah, not going to be too comfortable. So it's interesting. The world of pro wrestling is just it keeps rolling. A lot of things are happening. A lot of positive things are happening, but a lot of things that need to be improved upon. There's no two ways about it. And we're on the road to SummerSlam. And you can bet John Cena versus Roman Reigns. I mean, this is going to be the most talked about match probably in the, of the last 10 years. I mean, really, this is going to be something special, right? And it's going to be interesting to see what Bobby Lashley and Goldberg do to try to offset that. And don't forget, you got a guy like Big E who has the briefcase. So what's going to happen there? And then on the women's front, is Becky Lynch ready to come back yet? That's what I need to know. Somebody's got to tell me, where is Becky Lynch? We're on Becky watch, right? And then you have the Olympics where Adeline Gray, I mean, she ended up with the, the silver medal. Congratulations to Adeline. But I'm going to tell you right now, she's not the only one, right? I'm sitting here and I'm watching... The Olympic Games, and you know, I, I love wrestling. That's just something that, you know, I'm very serious about. Helen Maroulis. Now, she was in the 57 uh, kilogram uh, area there. She won the bronze medal, right? She won the bronze medal, and that's her second medal in the Olympics. So, so shout out to Helen. But I'm going to tell you right now, I saw somebody who... I feel like she could be the, the, the biggest thing in wrestling that we've seen in, in many, many years, okay? And she was in a match that was probably the best wrestling match that I've ever seen, okay? Tamira Mensa Stock. She won the gold medal. And she was in a match against a young lady from, from Nigeria and I saw everything. I saw a leg almost get broken. I saw slaps. I saw eye pokes. I saw everything in this match. I saw some of the best defense I've ever seen in wrestling. Everything. And what's funny is that Tamira, she made it clear that she would love to be a WWE superstar. And I, and I saw that uh, Bianca Belair actually retweeted her too. Gold medal winner. Not a joke. Somebody who is built and ready for this game. So what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Can we get her part of SummerSlam? Is that possible? I would love it. I mean, this is what I'm talking about, man. It's just the, the sky is the limit. Okay? The sky is the limit. There's so much going on. It's positive. And it's a reminder too. the Olympics. I mean, such a grand stage there. Pro wrestling is a worldwide medium. And it's something that... People forget that, you know, it, it, it crosses all boundaries, man. It really does, especially when it's done right. And that's why this week um, I got a special guest. 
I'm going to take a quick time out. When we get back, you're going to hear a really interesting conversation, right? I got a guy from Pakistan who wants you to know about pro wrestling fandom from that part of the world and just how it's evolved and where it is today. So when we take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to hear from Asja, our Pakistani friend here who loves pro wrestling. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully's Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! You know, one of the best parts about being a pro wrestling fan is that you get wrapped up in these these crazy storylines and these uh, larger-than-life superheroes, people who you look up to and aspire to be like in certain ways. I mean, I can remember growing up as a kid, Ric Flair, he was somebody that I aspired to be like to a certain degree. You know, somebody who could say that they're going to do something, then go out there and do it. Tell you that they're the champion, that they're the greatest, and then go out there and prove it. Um, That type of concept is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I challenge myself in that way. You know what I mean? I say, yeah, I I can do this. And it's like, all right, I said it. Now I got to, I got to prove it. So pro wrestling is really interesting in, in teaching a lot of life lessons. If you choose to look at it from that perspective, because of that, it translates very well around the world. And I think sometimes we here in the United States of America, we forget that there's more out there than just what we know and what we see and therefore what we understand. So I'm always uh, curious and interested in, in talking to people from around the world and just hearing from them what it's like being a pro wrestling fan over there. And such is the case this week here. I mean, I have a guy on the line who is just a really huge wrestling fan, lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, He comes from a family of wrestling fans. And he wants you to know a little something about his country. So without further ado, all the way from Pakistan, my man, my brother, Mr. Ajad. How are you, Ajad? Oh, thank you so much for the lovely introduction, Duke. I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. Listen, tell tell me about Pakistan um, a little bit here. If somebody were to say to you, I don't know anything about Pakistan as a country, how would you describe it in a couple of sentences? Ah, so Pakistan is a beautiful country. Uh, people here have a wonderful heart. They're extremely humble. They're extremely soft-hearted, soft-hearted, soft-hearted people. In addition to that, I think we're sort of misunderstood in the Western side of the world in terms of news. A lot is, you know, a lot of it is very wrongly manipulated by, by media and the news agencies. But but we're, we're a country, we're known for being sports enthusiasts. We're known for having some of the world's greatest cricket players in the world. And Pakistan is well known for, you know, their cricket team. In addition to that, uh, we're known for our food. The food here is amazing. And we're also known for the north side of the country, which is perhaps one of the most gorgeous mountain-filled places in the world. A lot of people can, you know, sort of Google it and check it out. So, so that's a small description of what Pakistan is. But, but, but I think the key point here is we're, we're misunderstood a lot in, in the western side of the world. 
you know, it's interesting that you bring up cricket. Um, my mother's side of my family is originally from Jamaica. So cricket is something that I've grown up with my entire life. And I, I can remember, you know, a park down the street from my aunt's house. They would have cricket matches on a every weekend. And, and in fact, you know, my my aunt's um, boyfriend, he was a cricket player growing up as well. So he'd have all these cricket trophies everywhere and what have you. What is it about the sport of cricket that um, has become so popular in Pakistan in particular? Why why do you think it's such a popular sport? So, so what, what what happens is that that in the early 80s or, or 90s, when, you know, uh, in Pakistan, when television was becoming more prominent, TV channels were coming and media was growing, uh, Pakistan had a very talented group of cricketers at the time. Young, raw, but very talented. They were sort of, you know, they were sort of making their way into the world. They were well known. Uh, what happened was that is exactly when media came into prominence. And, you know, the first set of superstars in from Pakistan basically came from that sport. And that is why it became so popular. That is why so many children started following it. That is why so many children actually wanted to go into that profession. They wanted to play that sport. They wanted to join cricket academies. And that is a major reason why cricket became so popular. So early 80s to the 90s was a time when everything was focused on cricket. The superstars coming out uh, from any global sport, cricket was the major you know, stronghold point of this country. Interestingly, the current Prime Minister of Pakistan is actually a World Cup winning captain of the Pakistan cricket team. His name is Imran Khan. You might know him or you might not. But the Prime Minister, the guy who's running this country, was actually our greatest, one of our greatest play, cricket players and, and uh, arguably our greatest captains as well. He won a World Cup. So that itself says a lot. Well, that definitely says a lot there. I mean, Jesus, if he, if he is a World Cup winner in the most popular sport in the country, that says a lot about uh, his visibility and, and popularity and what have you. So there's no surprise that he's a prime minister. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. As, as Jod, there's something interesting about the fact that pro wrestling has found its way to Pakistan. And not only has it found its way to Pakistan, it's actually pretty popular as well. Talk to me about your earliest memories of watching pro wrestling like what was that like and what what was on the tv when you were watching back then so i i was born in 91 right so my my siblings my i'm i'm the i'm the smallest of my siblings they're all elder to me they used to watch wrestling a lot so naturally i used to sit with them and watch it my earliest memories basically when when i was understanding wrestling not in a very uh, intellectual way but just sort of getting to know the superstars and sort of becoming a mark as they say that is basically when I, I was watching, you know, I was four or five years old. I was understanding Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels from the WWE. On the WCW side, it was, of course, I, I was shocked when Nash and Hall walked to the WCW World Championship Wrestling. And, and Hogan, of course, Hogan was a big star. I had an idea that this guy was a big star before I was born. And when I was born, obviously, I could not understand him at that time and I was in I, I was like who's this Hulk Hogan guy he's so popular he's so famous and when sort of I grasped onto who he was how great he was and I realized that he's in WCW it was very shocking for me but my earliest memories and the most prominent superstars at that time who I became a fan of one was Brett the Hitman Hart of course the excellence of execution the other was the Undertaker and and of course Shawn Michaels was there as well and then there were other guys who really sort of 
you know, caught my attention. Kurt Henning, right? Just before them, there was Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. He was superb. I watched a lot of, you know, VHS tapes of Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was just amazing. I became a huge fan. And and I think my, and I, and I, and I take pride in this. I take a lot of pride in this, that when I was starting to understand wrestling and how it works, I saw the Attitude Era, the Stone Cold Steve Austin King of the Ring segment live on TV. And that was absolutely amazing. As a little kid, I was, that is my favorite memory. There is absolutely no alternative to it. Oh, please go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Just one more thing. And in addition to that, I mean, that is a more of a, that was more of a thing that, you know, sort of transformed the industry. Apart from that, one of my, you know, as a kid, one of my most greatest memories was when, when Taker returned, uh, when Yokozuna injured him in that, in that casket match with 50, 60 other people. And when Undertaker made that return, that was a really cool moment for me as a young wrestling man. You know, you're taking me back because those are all classic moments and, and really classic times in history, which I love. Talk to me about Bret Hart for a second. That's one of the first names that you mentioned. And, and I don't think people who were born, you know, let's say after 1995 can really understand the popularity that Bret Hart had around the world. I mean, this guy legitimately was the world's champion and, and people all over, and especially in that whole part of the world there, when we talk about uh, Pakistan, India, you know, all different parts of Asia, whether it be, you know, North, South, East, West, whatever. uh, Bret Hart was, was somebody that was accepted and, and celebrated as a real world champion. Why was he so popular to folks over there? I'll, I'll tell you some very interesting theories about Brett and his popularity and in comparison to other wrestlers who were maybe more popular and, and probably they should have not been more popular. So I, I'll, I'll start it off. So basically, as I, as I stated earlier in the, in the cricket remit, it was the 90s, late 80s when television, TV channels, you know, became a household thing or started to become a household thing. At, at, at that time, uh, wrestling was obviously aired here. And that was a key component for people here because Bret Hart was the champion at that time. He was the star. He was the baby face. And, and, and naturally, people, naturally, kids like me, you know, my siblings, fans around Pakistan became more inclined and, and started liking Bret Hart and, you know, sort of became his fans. And in addition to that, he was so good in the ring. He was so good in the ring. You did not have to be a very intellectual wrestling fan to see that this guy is super good in the ring. I mean, the stories he told, I'm not even talking about his technical ability right now. The stories Brett told in the ring, he was fantastic. And you know, all of the pink pink attire, his entrance, the, his sunglasses, of course, and, and you know, his catchphrase, the best there is. I mean, at that time, when you call yourself the best, it actually has an impact on everybody. Today, maybe it doesn't, but when at that time, if somebody says, I'm the best, for example, Ric Flair used to say that, Brett used to say that, that had an impact on the audience. You know, people connected with it. This guy says he's the best. He's so cool. He's the world champion. He was, Brett was, of course, the most popular wrestling star at that time. And, and he was, he is one of the greatest. But now I'll come to the more interesting part. In this side of the world, in Pakistan, Brett was the number one guy. But Shawn Michaels and Undertaker were more over with the fans here. And that wasn't down to, uh, that, that, that doesn't mean they were superior or something. It was just that their characters were more compelling. People tried to connect. You know, Undertaker was this 
dead man, magical guy, dark from the dark side. You know, kids used to be really scared of him, but he was very famous. He was he was something different at the time, right? He was something different from your usual wrestling stars like Hogan, Slayer, Brett. He was something different. He was more over here. And and Shawn Michaels, it was just you know the sexy boy, his style. He was over with the women. Girls really liked him. He had a very catchy theme music. These guys were more popular than Bret Hart. I don't think that's true for, 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 for example, the United States or that those countries where wrestling was sort of being followed since way before the 90s. But in Pakistan, even though Bret Hart was the best in the world, he was for me, but Taker and Sean were more over than him. Fans like Taker and Sean more. I, I used to see more people wearing Taker and HPK shirts here than Bret Hart. But that does not mean Bret wasn't popular. He was hugely popular. I mean, if you, if you ask a top three list, a Pakistani fan who watched wrestling in the 90s, he'll probably say Taker, Sean, and Brett. They, they, they'll keep Brett on third, not on first. If you ask me, I'm always going to keep him on top. So, I mean, maybe Brett was great, but for this sort of audience, his character was not as compelling as, you know, as a Sean Michaels or as an Undertaker. They were, they were more dynamic in a way. Brett was a little, I mean, I, I don't know how to say that, but, you know, it's very hard for me to explain here. But, you know, they were a bit more compelling characters than Bret Hart, per se. I, I think you're describing it very well there, Asjad. Uh, Bret Hart was not as flashy as the other guy. Flashy, I mean, flashy like is the said. word, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not as flashy. You know, Shawn Michaels is coming out and he's he's dancing and wiggling his hips yeah. and wearing all these weird, yeah. these funny clothing and what have you. The Undertaker, like you said, the dead man with the black magic and all that stuff there. Um Bret Hart just came out in his cool sunglasses and, and systemically he just beat you down. You know what I mean? He worked yeah. on the body part yeah. and he found, like you said, technically yeah. his wrestling ability was clear. You didn't have to be the smartest fan in the world or understand pro wrestling to understand what he was doing in the ring. It was easy yeah. to, to, to get, but because he didn't have all that extra character work, that's where those other guys came out and became as popular as they were. So I get it. I get it. You're absolutely yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Now you said yeah. something interesting. You said that you watched the King of the ring when stone cold, Steve Austin gave that magical speech and, and officially became stone cold, Steve Austin. You said mm. you watched that live on TV. So how late were you? How late was it over there? Because, you know, there's a pretty significant time difference between Pakistan and, and, you know, let's say the, the East, coast of the united states here oh it used to be after midnight it used to be after wow. 12 a.m but, but 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 like i said we were such passionate wrestling fans we used to sit down and watch it especially the pay-per-views so you'd have a tough time in school the next morning there because you were <laughs> you were up late huh <laughs> brother brother i uh, brother i have to watch live uh shows at 5 a.m in the morning and i got to work at eight so this is more difficult school was easy Wow. So you're talking about today. You're watching at 5 a.m. That is something yeah. else, man. That is. Some... So yeah. So tell me about today, because we talked about, you know, growing up when, when it comes to pro wrestling today. Who are some of these stars that are more popular in Pakistan? I, 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 th- I think this one, Duke, is very obvious. It's, it's naturally John Cena. Kids are crazy after him. He is just Oh, I, uh, I mean, whether we like him or, or we don't, he is just insanely popular. John Cena is just something else. Every kid, every father, every grandfather, every mother knows about him. Every woman crushes on him. So it's it's definitely John Cena. And in recent time, 
it's followed by i would say roman reigns so roman yeah i know we we never used to when roman was a baby face i hated him because i i i sort of came to understand pro wrestling at that time i'm sure a lot of guys really did not like him i was like why are they shoving this guy up yeah i get it he's talented but don't shove it i i mean we all had that kind of discussion but the kids here the majority i i say these kids here because they are the majority of the fan base right they are the ones buying the merchandise they are the ones asking their parents to spend yeah so roman reigns and john cena are are two guys who were insanely popular from from the last 10 years of course the undertaker retained his 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 you know his his fan base here undertaker always had a fan base here whether it was in the 90s or whether it's today taker is also insanely popular so if i have to make a list of five i'd say it's it's john cena it's the undertaker it's roman reigns and the next two would probably be hmm this is a very interesting question one of them would be randy orton right randy orton is extremely popular and the last final guy would be triple h Yeah, Triple H was very famous here because Triple H has basically been in every era, starting from '90s till today. And and you know WWE when they're marketing stuff, they don't miss Triple H. They always put Triple H somewhere there. So those are the five I would say they were insanely popular in this era. That's really interesting. That's really really interesting. So you have a mix of older stars, and then you have you mm. know some of these current stars here as well. And I mean, of course, John Cena. everybody's favorite hero there the 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 all american good guy uh he's yeah. somebody who translates well all across the world especially to the kids that's that's interesting well ashjad what about the the women have you seen a increase in popularity for the women you know like charlotte sasha banks bailey becky uh, has that caught up yet over in pakistan it has it it has caught up here but but i i tell you something very interesting about that and and this might be completely different from the rest of the world trish stratus and lita they were more over with the fans than charlotte sasha or becky or bailey are currently right so that's that's the interesting point at at the time when trish and lita were the stars and when mickey james came in the fan base of women you know the women fan base was more popular than it is right now i i'm i'm not sure what it is i'm not sure why is that so i don't have a good answer for that but that's something very interesting even though they've sort of promoted the women even more now and they've made them look like proper stars like superstars like you say becky lynch stepping up to john cena and and they've sort of promoted it that way but lita and trish were so over with the fans i've never seen becky charlotte or sasha get that over with the fans here and i'm not talking about myself they are definitely i'm i'm a fan of them i'm a fan of all of them i'm talking about the general audience here because as i said earlier i think they matter more than the minority of us so that is the interesting part because what i hear from the other side of the world on social media and when i listen to podcasts and interviews they say that women's wrestling has actually taken a revolution today and i would say the real revolution was trish and lita in pakistan at least in this country you know that is really really interesting ashjad and i i wonder if the glamour aspect has anything to do with it because it 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 does probably okay okay see i figured that because you know there was there yeah. was more about the makeup and the and the outfits and the things like that whereas the women of today are are promoted as athletes who are going into the ring and beating people up you know what i mean and it's yeah. a lot less about their looks not to say they're not as beautiful of course they are but the emphasis is more on their in-ring work as opposed to their beauty 
um, yeah. today versus back then. So that, that's that's really interesting. I, I'd be curious, Oshjad, and we'll definitely have to have you back sometime, or if you know anyone, especially a, a woman who at one, t- one time was a wrestling fan, I'd love to ask them why mm. Trish and Lita were more over uh, previously mm. than, than, say, some of the, the women of today. Because that's it would be interesting to hear directly from, from them about that. But that's that's really, really interesting. So what about other promotions, Ashjad? I mean, we know that um, TNA, you know, what we call Impact Wrestling today, we know that they've mm. done a couple of tours in India, which is next door to you there um rock hot king and some of these other things that um global force wrestling some of these things that jeff jared has tried to put on and unfortunately didn't do so well or even aew i mean the new kid on the block in pro wrestling new japan pro wrestling which is in a different part of of um the continent over there are any of these other promotions as popular as wwe or even popular at all uh i i I'd, I'd like to take you back to the 90s when WCW was kicking WWE's ass. So the interesting part is even at that point in time in Pakistan, WWF or WWE was more popular. WCW was known here. It was it was moderately popular, but even at that time, it wasn't as popular as, as you know, uh, WWE or WWF. And I think that's also down to, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it direct marketing, but indirect marketing. WWE was readily more available on television in Pakistan. Uh, WWE merchandise was readily more available in Pakistan. Uh, I'm not saying maybe they did not, they might have had the intention to sort of, you know, reach Pakistan. They might have not, but uh, WWE has always been popular. And, and, and when I move forward to today, I would say that AEW, TNA, they're not even half as popular as WCW was at that time. So I'm sure you can assume how far ahead WWE is. Wow. So it does is AEW even on television over there in in uh Pakistan? Nope. No, oh. it's not. It's not. We 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 get WWE. We have a we have a sports channel which telecasts WWE live all the shows. We have Impact Wrestling. We even have Ring of Honor here. <laughs> we even get Ring of Honor here. And and we have New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, obviously. Uh yeah, naturally, people don't watch it much, but but like AEW is nowhere right now. Anybody, people like us who watch it have to actually, you know, stream it online or, or you know, download it or whatever, you know. Now, you and I actually connected um, on Raj Giri's page and shout out to Raj Giri. You know, he's the guy that runs Wrestling Inc., literally the number yeah. one pro wrestling news website in the world. Agreed, um, agreed. Talk to me about following the wrestling websites. Is that really the the best way that you keep up with what's going on in pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so I would say it's it's one of them is obviously Twitter. That's the social media aspect. The other is of course the wrestling websites. Wrestling Inc is a very good website. I believe uh, uh, PW Mania, PW Torch are are extremely famous for for in Pakistan. A lot of people sort of who who you know are not able to watch it live sort of open PW Mania or PW Torch to read the results quickly. Wrestling Inc. is just as famous here. So yeah, that, that wrestling websites people do. And, and, and trust me, there are wrestling fans, I'll, I'll tell you, who are sick and tired of it, who don't watch it. All they do is go to these websites, they read the results, they read the promos, and, and that's about it. I know fans who do that. They don't watch it anymore. Yeah. So so they don't they don't necessarily watch the current product anymore, but they keep up by reading about it online. And maybe if there's something that 
is interesting enough, they'll fall, they'll find it online, but I'll, but they're not yes. watching the shows, huh? Wow. Yes, yes. So so I have an example here. Uh, one of my colleagues at work, he's also a wrestling fan. He does not get time to watch it or he does not want to watch it. I don't know. But uh, he, he keeps up with it. He reads the result. And when he saw that John Cena made his return uh, at, the, at the last pay-per-view, he watched the entire pay-per-view later that day. Not just the John Cena part. He watched the entire pay-per-view. That sort of sparked... MK, oh, I need to see this. It's Roman Reigns is a massive heel. I'm, 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 I'm reading it nowadays on, on the website. And John Cena just returned. This is going to be good. And he tuned in and he watched it. So that, that's, that's a very good trend here in Pakistan. People do that a lot. You know, you just, you just uh, said a lot with that statement there because it, it shows the drawing power of established stars and why it's important to mix them in with today's current stars in order to keep the business itself healthy. You know, like you said, Absolutely. here's here's what we call a lapse fan. You know, somebody who used to watch, who stopped watching, an established star sparked their interest enough for them to come back and see what's going on and watch a whole pay per view. Yeah. I mean, wow, that that is yeah. tremendous. Yeah, that is yeah. tremendous. What what about YouTube, Ashjad? Is is that something that uh, is very popular over in, in Pakistan? Absolutely, it's it's as popular in Pakistan as it is. And, and the rest of the world. Everybody uses YouTube. Everybody watches videos on YouTube. So that is very popular. Is it easier to watch things on YouTube than it is some of these other apps? I mean, for instance, when it comes to podcasts, where do you listen to podcasts? Like, what what, what are the, the mediums that you can follow podcasts uh, the easiest, if you listen to any at all? So if, if, if it's up to me, uh, I have done my research on podcasts. I am using an Apple iPhone, so I use Apple Podcasts to listen to most of them. And addition to that, in addition to that, I mostly prefer YouTube. YouTube is where I go to listen to all the podcasts which are available. And 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 as far as other people are concerned, I don't think they sort of listen to podcasts on on you know apps like Apple Podcasts or or you know in, on external websites. But YouTube is the medium where they listen to podcasts. So for all you podcasters out there, you definitely want to find a way to to maintain a presence on YouTube because as you heard from Oshchuk different parts of the world that could be their main medium you know and, and why would you want to give up on those listens if you can have them why not you know that's for sure listen Ashad, you're you're a good guy here man and, and and i really enjoy your enthusiasm for pro wrestling it, it reminds me of what it means to be a real fan you know what i mean i mean you you go out of your way all the way to five o'clock in the morning you're watching wrestling before you have to go to work just to keep up with what's going on you're you're a great fan. I love it. I love the passion. Thank I love you. the Thank you. the feeling there, and, and and it just feels good to know that no matter where people are in the world, there is a pro wrestling community. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There are people who like us who care enough about it to to take the time and spend personal time keeping up with it. So it's pretty cool. Why don't you let everybody know if anyone wants to follow you online and interact with you, talk wrestling with you? What's the best way that they can find you online? Oh, I think uh, Twitter. My Twitter handle is asjad11, A-S-J-A-D-11. So that is where you can follow me. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Asjad11. And I'll definitely be tagging it in the um, bio of this show here, folks. And I'll definitely tag Asjad on Twitter so you can keep up with him. Listen, before I let you go, Asjad, I got to ask you one last question. This is an important one because, you know, this is Duke Loves Wrestling. And not only is Duke Love Wrestling, Duke Loves Food. I am a huge food fan, and I know 
from personal experience that when it comes to food, especially from Pakistan, shawarma, okay, we're talking shawarma, especially my favorite type if you get the lamb and the beef mix, there is something about getting a really good shawarma, not just a shawarma plate, have them make the, the, the whole sandwich for you. And it's crispy on the outside. It's chewy on the inside. The meat is properly seasoned and marinated. Oh, my goodness. Just the flavors is just incredible. Where is the best place to get the best shawarma in the world? Where is it in Pakistan? Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty much in every city in Pakistan. Whether you go to our capital in Islamabad, whether you come to Lahore, Karachi, these are the three famous cities. You'll find the best shawarmas everywhere. I don't want to uh, quote one. And, and I'll tell you and one small interesting thing about food here. Food is so delicious and so popular in Pakistan that we have inter-cities rivalries. People are like, we debate about pro wrestling. People here are debating about food. One city says, for example, our shawarma is better. Our shawarma kicks ass. My city says, no, our shawarma is better. Uh, the third city would say our shawarma. There's actually a food war going on in Pakistan. In every city, they're hyping up their food. Every city says our food is the best. That is how important food is. And that is how delicious it is. So that's why I said you're going to find the best shawarma in pretty much every city in Pakistan. Because, because Pakistan is one of the originators. I wouldn't say the originator. I think it's available in Arab countries as well. But one of the originators of different types of shawarmas. So yeah, so yeah. If if you ever get the chance, try local Pakistani food. You're going to absolutely love it. Okay, so let's let's say I'm in Pakistan, Ashjad. Yeah, I'm in Pakistan. Uh, I'm in your city, right? Let's say I'm in your city. Tell me what I need to eat. Let's start with you know the 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 appetizer, the main course, and then the dessert. So give me give me a whole right. Pakistani meal. What am I getting? All right, all right, done. So. so for for breakfast, you're going to have uh, what they call in, 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 in our language is naan chane, right? So naan is basically like a chapati, right? So I'm, I'm sure you know what a chapati is, right? Well, okay. you know, I, I've actually uh, I've, I've actually had naan chane before, so I know exactly what you mean. But I, yeah, but, I, but I, I'm going to go along with you. Though. I want you to I, I didn't realize that was a Pakistani dish. I want you to explain it, though. Yes, I, I know what a chapati It's a bread type of bread yep keep going yeah 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 it's 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 type of a bread not not exactly like a bread but it's type of a bread and 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 the locally produced uh bread called naan is absolutely amazing you're going to be like what is this man along with that you have chanas i i don't know what they'll call chana in english i i I really don't know the word for it we've never used it here that's why i probably don't know the word but uh it's like beans maybe i would say beans in a gravy so, so that maybe might be the right explanation for Chane. That's what you get for breakfast. You're going to get the best breakfast here in Lahore. There, there is absolutely no doubt about that, right? And, and, then, and then for lunch, I'd recommend that there's a dish called biryani here. It's very famous in Pakistan, right? If you, if you look up biryani on Google, it's, it's, it doesn't have an English name. It's obviously, it's a rice-based dish. It's based on rice. It's like spicy rice and they have a lot of chicken in it. And they, it's, 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 it's very different. It's very tasty as well. So I would recommend now, now hold on a second for on lunch. That, Asjad, Asjad, on that, on that, uh, say it again, say the word again. I want to make sure I pronounce it right. 
biryani b i r y a n i biryani biryani now isn't there an yeah. egg involved in that as well there could be so so there are okay. different recipes for it some people can involve egg in it some people might not so gotcha. there are different types of biryanis as well so there might be an egg involved in it so that is another great dish which i don't think you'll find any better biryani any better form of rice than in pakistan and and for dinner oh and for dinner i'd recommend uh, a barbecue pakistani barbecue is absolutely awesome right so they have kebabs they have kebabs there uh, which are made out of chicken or are made out of beef as well they're delicious right so kebabs and barbecue is something i'd recommend for dinner so that's your whole day and and for dessert now that is the interesting part okay so for dessert there is a dish called um halwa right so there halwa h a l w a halwa it's delicious as well it's a pakistani dish it's it's probably it's, it's a southeast asian dish i would say it's in india as well so halwa is something i'd recommend for dessert i'm not recommending ice cream or you know milkshakes or stuff like that because it's available everywhere i'm sticking to pakistani specific dishes so that is my overall recommendation to you on food our duke is very hungry now i'm sure <laughs> i i'm very hungry but now you you got to tell everybody what's in the halwa what, what is halwa uh, it's 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 like a, a sweet it's like a very sweet dish uh, it has some nuts in it some nuts are mixed in it and and maybe yeah nuts are mixed in it and you sort of just choose it and i don't know it's very hard to explain it's so delicious but you know I, I think I can talk about wrestling all day long. I can talk about food, but it's so hard to explain the dishes and the recipes. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't. I don't cook. I'm a terrible cook. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you eat. But you eat. Yeah, that's you know, everybody has I, a role. I, you eat. eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I. Now, can we can we agree to do like a a, a date milkshake to to go along with that? There is is that is that fair? Mm, yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, you get the the you, you got to blend up the dates with the honey, maybe a little bit of milk yeah. in there, and serve it Ooh. ice cold, right? A little bit of cinnamon on top. Absolutely. Come on, cinnamon nutmeg yeah, on top. Ab- Come on, listen, bro. Absolutely, I, know, I agree. I, I agree. know my food and drinks now, uh, Ajjad. You, I know you, do, you do, you do, you do, you <laughs> do. And 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 you know what the what the what the interesting part is you, when you mention milkshakes, uh, Pakistan and India and these Southeast Asian countries they're very well known. for their agriculture right and farming so naturally uh, with agriculture and farming uh, the fruits which are grown here are are much more tastier much more fresher than you might find in other countries in fact the interesting part is when when pakistanis move to countries like united states or uk let's say they the only thing they ask from us relatives is please send us the mangoes please send us the bananas because the fruits here are uh i'm i mean i i don't know if it's 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 good to say this but i think the the original fruits are here in 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 these countries and and you guys need to really pick up pick up some fruits from us because we have a very huge fruit industry a very huge agriculture and farming industry and then and then and then i'll go to the milkshake so when when you are having milkshakes they're obviously based off of fruit so when you're having a, a milkshake from for, for example a mango milkshake from a pakistani mango a, a properly you know farmed and and grown Pakistani mango, the taste becomes ten times much better than how would you experience a shake anywhere else in the world. So yeah, anything that is related to fruits in Pakistan, you're going to love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a funny story uh, real quick, Ajjad, and we'll end it here. Yesterday, I literally blended up some mango, and uh-huh. I um, put a little bit of, of, of honey in there with it, 
and mm-hmm. just a just a, a little bit of uh, milk, and then I froze it. And you gotta you mm-hmm. gotta mash it. You gotta mash it up while it's free, mm-hmm. freezing inside of the Ziploc bag. You gotta mash it every hour and a half or so to, to get the proper consistency. But what you end up mm-hmm. having is like a, a frozen treat, like a, um, yeah. a slushy or what have you. Because as it melts, yeah. you could stick a you could stick a a, a um, straw in there and drink it as you're using your spoon to spoon it out and eat it as well. So it's just a really nice, yeah. there's nothing like a fresh mango though. You're absolutely right. I love, love mango. I don't like them sour though. Ash John. I got to have them sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't like them sour. Mm-hmm. I know some people like sour mango and, and, and I guess it's related to the papaya family. Um, mm. So they, they do different <laughs> things where they'll season it with, with chili pepper and, 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 and salt and stuff. No, I like to have sweet mango. That's my favorite. No, nobody does that here. Ma- all mangoes are sweeter. They're fresh and all of them are sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we've talked about wrestling, we've talked about food. We've certainly talked about mangoes. Listen, Ajjad, we appreciate you, man. You are a wrestling fan. You're you. a part of the family. Thank you. My brother, thank, thank you. you for your wonderful fandom. Thank you for your time. It was great. And I hope we do this again someday. Well, there you have it there. And, and shout out to Ajjad. That was a, a fun conversation. Really, really good guy. Clearly a major wrestling fan. Um, I love it. I love it. Pro wrestling uh, fandom has no boundaries. Crosses all different races and nationalities and sexes and what have you. Just, it's great. It's great. So once again, shout out to Ostra. That's my brother. We'll have to have him come back. Um, I would love to review SummerSlam with Ostra. So Ostra, you're listening. You know, stay tuned, brother. We got to get you back on for sure. For sure. And really, that does it this week. You know, listen, at Duke Loves Wrestling on Twitter, on Facebook, Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, certainly, you know, you saw Ostrad. He was able to get on the show just by shooting me a message on Twitter. That's the way it is, man. I want to get more, more listeners on the show like we've done throughout the years, for sure. Um, Tony Khan, as I've said I'll send you the release. You sign it. If you if you don't want me to um, hand out some discipline physically, you can come on the show and we can verbally talk about your misdeeds and how you can correct yourself. We can talk about how you tried to come after my brand and you failed. Let me say that again, Tony Khan. You failed at destroying Duke Loves Wrestling. You can't do it. Your arms are too short to box. Tell, tell, tell your brain trust over there, Mookie and Cody and all the rest of them, your arms are too short to box. You can't handle this over here, son. All right. So, but if you ever feel froggy again, you you know where I'm at. You've been in my inbox before, so you know the drill. That's right. With that said, listen, everybody, please be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. As always, we are going to go out with the voice, not only the voice of AEW, the voice of WCW, but I guess I can call him the voice of of Duke Loves Wrestling, because other than myself, this guy has been on more episodes than anyone in history, right? So without further ado, my man, and I know Billionaire Tony, this probably hurts you to your soul, which is why I love it. My man, take us away, Mr. Tony Schiavone. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling. (laughs) 